Movement Rio Media presents A Few Good Physios with Dr. Eric Munoz and Dr. Leonidas Scantolides. You can't handle the truth. What is physical therapy? More research. More research. True therapeutic effect. Join us each week as we discuss current trends in medicine, rehabilitation, and strength and conditioning. The answers are out there. All content is a collaboration between On Point Sports Care and Integrated PT Squared. A Few Good Physios is not medical advice and is used for educational purposes only. If you are having pain and or health-related complaints, please seek out a licensed healthcare professional. Thank you for downloading. Enjoy. All right, here we are again. We're going live today. After a little bit of a, <laughs> a mess up, we're good. Um, all right, so today is episode number 13. Welcome uh, back. Welcome back session. Yeah. This is, uh, we were off for about a month on a little hiatus. Oh, God. Uh, a, lot has, a lot has happened. A lot has happened. Oh. Let's just introduce ourselves, just in case you guys don't know by now. That's right. I am Dr. Eric Munoz. And I'm Dr. Leonidas Scantilides, and together we're a few, a few good, good physios. physios. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I think you guys would like the Three Amigos reference there. Um, all right, so today we're going to do a, a lot of review about what's been going on last month with us, in addition to going over uh, clinical commentary on barefoot training. I think everybody would enjoy it. But yeah, I want to say let's start off with the OCS. Oh, wow. We have to congratulate <laughs> ourselves. A little pats on the back there. We um, we passed our test. Which, um, <laughs> There's not much else to say. That's, that's, that's it. I mean, we went through a probably a six or seven month study period. Uh, yeah, bit. I mean. We, more, probably like a, all in all, registration to getting our results was probably like an 11 month process. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. And um, no shame. This was my second round. So this was. Um, this was three years later after I first uh, took the exam. But, yeah, we passed, and we get to uh, put a couple of letters behind our name. Well, we don't want too many, though. Oh, More than <laughs> three. Know what I learned? Because uh, I saw a post the other day on Instagram, a very intelligent post. Uh, they were a little hesitant with PTs who have more than I don't know. It sounds like if they have more than three three letter acronyms after the name, they don't they don't start to trust them anymore. So what I did was I removed the OCS. Then I removed the DPT. I removed the PT and the CSCS because I didn't. I didn't want any. But I just. I'm go, so I go, you're going doctor. I go by Bob now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they're was, um. This well, I don't think there's some controversy. I think no. that particular person. I mean, look, they live like, in a black and white world. I mean, it's like all right, it's either that is happening or that isn't. Like if you live in an unregulated unrela- personal training strength conditioning world, we don't need to be licensed. Right. Then yeah, you can say things like that. You can have little deep thoughts and say like, yeah, if a PT has more than three letter acronyms after the name, more than three of them, then I start to lose trust in them. Yeah, as, as Lee Lee mentioned, it's just uh, posting free form thoughts right. as opposed to anything of use. Right. But yeah, go back to the strength conditioning stuff that you were posting before, and then maybe do less shirtless IG stories, and then maybe I'll start trusting you too. <laughs> Anyways, uh, moving along. <laughs> moving on, but uh, yeah, the OCS is a huge accomplishment, and yeah. it was a uh, it was a journey for Lee and I studying and 
good review on many levels and good reinforcement. Some of the stuff I think we studied we may not agree with clinically, mm-hmm. but I think the the vast majority of it was really helpful in organizing um, the years of practice we had to kind of a nice little closet organizer, I would call it. Definitely. Um, and it was an interesting email right after the uh, they let us know that we passed. They gave us some stats. Did you see that? Yes. It was, no, 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 no. I, I, I don't remember exactly, but it's a really small percentage of uh, licensed physical therapists, especially in New York, who, who have it. I mean, I understand it, it's like a really big commitment financially. It's like nearly $3,000 to get everything together. The study material, the uh, testing fees, and then APTA membership and all that stuff. And then you're, you're committing, a, you know, if you do it, quote, right, you're committing at least four months of time with them I mean, at least and uh, we're doing like six more. seven hours a week yeah and i this is on top of work mm-hmm. life babies training mm-hmm. um a lot a lot going on but it's gone and i think uh lee and i could agree we're gonna shift directions on the education level mm-hmm. and um just kind of study other things i guess not yeah. not, not any apta related material at all right no i mean now we focus a little bit more on strength training uh there's an awesome awesome summit that i'm going to go to in august and eric is thinking of going to as well juggernaut training uh i think they're calling it the performance summit uh they're really huge in terms of their leading the strength conditioning field uh chad wesley smith i think is one of the head guys there he's a an accomplished powerlifter um, and he is very, very knowledgeable of programming. He, he does a lot of on- online courses. Uh, he's done this performance summit before, and I think this is the first time in, they're in New York. So the whole group of them are coming, including uh, Quinn Hinoak uh, from Clinical Athlete. Very cool. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that because I definitely, in this study, jujitsu, new baby kind of situation, I've definitely veered away from challenging myself with some of the olympic lifts and power lifts so mm. it'll be interesting as a uh to start up back again yeah uh, cool. cool stuff another big announcement um since our absence we got published so. that's right yeah <laughs> that's i forgot a- to mention that <laughs> thank you everybody for uh we're getting a lot of good responses we're getting downloads all the way from norway wow norway uh canada france, we had a fr- france. Uh, I mean, most of them in the United States, but that was cool. Uh, and we're also with Australia. Uh, there were a bunch cool. there. Uh, thank you guys all for uh, the support. I mean, the, we're getting some really good reinforcement, and um, we appreciate the kind words on social media. Social media, I think, is, is somewhat new for the both of us, as oh, proven right. today from our <laughs> Facebook Live fiasco. I'm, all, uh-huh. I'm, I'm still semi-off the grid, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, Making a little. You bit have more followers now, by the way. I, I do. I do. People that I don't know, and I'm I'm gonna let them follow. There's not much to follow. People. There's not much to follow. I have my wife, uh, who's probably watching this now. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, she um, she pulls me out of the dark, and um, <laughs> I get on the social. I, it's almost like this. I was telling Lee, texting him the other day. I'm sorry, man. You know, it's like no. this guilt, this guilt of not being connected. But um, the truth is, uh, yeah, it's time. But here we are. I mean, yeah. this is as social as it gets, I guess. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and it's definitely something that I, I myself, have, I, I wasn't on Facebook, and now I am, which is, uh, 
interesting to me because it's it's an added that we talked about in our previous podcast and where I'm it's like Twitter, Instagram, online and now I'm on Facebook so I have an, another social media um about time about, suck but about 15 20 minutes <laughs> at know, least minimum at least but it's all good. I mean this is something I think is necessary this day and age to support businesses and also to connect to people obviously and this is huge. I mean we're able to reach out to Across a group of people. I have to say that when Lee, you know, Lee did a lot of the push to publish. You know, I wasn't in a necessary rush to, but, you know, we had a target. And that push was really cool to be able to um, to download this on iTunes while I was away with the family. It was like, wow, pretty cool stuff. So, it was nuts. And I, I, I did want to talk about that was the fact that listening to all the podcasts again, just to listen, you know, obviously to repost them, but also to listen to them to, to make sure it all went okay. I hate listening to my voice. I don't know same, about you. Same oh, my here. God. I was just like, Jesus Christ, this is... <laughs> same here. I, I had to put, like, the two times on it, like, the, the speed. You ever speed it up? Yes. And I was yes. like, thank God, that sounds... If I talk really fast, that sounds a lot better if I do that. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't sound like, all right. It was totally post-jujitsu brain and, like... There was exhausted. a lot of times where we were struggling for words. I, I'd help Lee out with a couple of words a lot to of get senior out. senior moments. See, but this... Um, when we were as we're recording right now is typically after we train so yeah there's always a a little bit of a high and a little bit of a low um and you guys will probably hear that definitely but i'm um, listening to myself uh, yeah it sounds very weird it goes as weird as when i was i don't know how old i was when i had like a fisher price tape recorder thing <laughs> and i used to be like who the hell's that <laughs> but uh but we're here yeah. now and i think um there's a lot of uh I wouldn't say growing pains, but a lot of learning experience in the last 12 episodes. Definitely. Uh, so going forward, it should be good. We actually have a couple of guests, uh, unconfirmed, but we're going to have a couple of guests from the fitness world here in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, and we may even have a fellow colleague, uh, old colleague of ours that may join us. So stay tuned for some guests. Yeah, that, that was really cool. If anybody um, who is in you know our professional circles or was and uh, we had someone reach out to us on social media and asked to be the guest <laughs> and that was absolutely we would love to have you here obviously we would love if you're a guest we would love to have you here that way we could record it in this nice studio at gotham podcast studio with the nice microphones and the awesome engineers to be able to control the audios um and it's a little easier that way versus over the phone for instance if we were to do a phone call but um it's also a little bit more fun this way too yeah, the guest changes the whole dynamic we have here. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess our next point would be the the hiatus from working out. Yeah, man. I, uh, oh, I want well, to. We, we I, have to update. No, the, oh, the you Lee sure? update. I no, 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 go, no, man. I think the Lee update right. because there's there's history on it. We had two episodes. Right? History. Um, all right. Well, if you listen to the previous podcast, you know that I had gone through an injury that I got MRI'd and treated and stuff like that. That's all resolved in the sense that I'm not. I'm not being treated for it anymore, nor am I concerned about it, nor am I taking time off because of that from jiu-jitsu or working out. But a new thing occurred, which was very scary for me, um, and I've been reflecting a lot about it on this last month because it's been, uh, I, th- I think the the word that really best describes it, it was really scary. It was something that, you know, I, I've been injured before, which I've talked about on the podcast, but uh, to the extent where it implied that I would have to get a more serious intervention like surgery or something like that 
I haven't had that since I was a teenager. So like broken bones, uh, I guess the last broken bone I had, I was like in my early 20s. So what I'm trying to say is bounce back. I bounce back pretty, pretty well when, you know, you bounce back pretty well when you're younger. This time it wasn't. So somewhat of a long story short, because, um, you know, I always know that like when people say that, it's never a short story. Well, but. it's a complicated, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, a com- it's not a complicated injury. But most, it's a scary injury, and scary I think injury. for most, um, for most of your listeners that maybe don't um, aren't well versed in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, if you saw it happening, it would probably be very scary. Right. Um, it, yeah, it was exactly what Eric said. Like it, it's it's something that kind of takes me back. But if you want to know the uh, like the start of it, and like I go through excruciating detail on a Instagram post, so you could check check it out on Instagram. Um, but I'll give a brief synopsis at the end of June, I started, uh, I had like a really interesting week in jujitsu where I got caught in the same guillotine two or three times on two or three separate days. And I never, I didn't have pain at the moment after I got caught in the guillotine and tapped out, but I did get rattled where I stood up and I felt like I kicked in the head. So I was like, wow, that, that was a really strong guillotine by a really strong person. <laughs> and um, <laughs> the way it happened was like really fast. But I just ignored it in the sense that like, oh, you know, every, you know I got my limbs intact and my neck felt okay. I wasn't dizzy, whatever. Um, that weekend, I was unable to fall asleep because I had excruciating pain, kind of like in my thoracic spine on the left side, a little bit of my neck. That excruciating pain lasted, and I literally just ignored it initially when it came on. And by because that was on like Friday night, by Monday, I was in so much pain just at rest. It was worse when I was walking, and there was like a little bit of vibration on my, I guess, my neck and my body. And uh, and when I was sitting, I couldn't see. That's the thing with this injury that scared me is that there was no way to relieve it. This is the first time it ever, and it was. And even when I did the Instagram post, I didn't dare put a number on it because what right. we you know well, n- well, number one well, what we as talked you're, about as you're talking about the injury i'm like damn this it, he sounds like a typical patient you yeah know? i do <laughs> like, exactly i couldn't get any result you know i was sitting it hurts it hurts all the time yeah it was it was bad and um like it, it, it the, what i'll relate or how i'll try to explain how intense it was i wanted to take a knee when i walked I needed to take a knee and like breathe. That's how bad it was. And we, as trainers and PTs, we're running around the city like crazy, and we got bags and stuff like that. I wasn't able to hold the bag. I, I would hold it in my right hand because it was on my left side. And I, I remember I took, I had a day off from my part-time gig on that Monday, and I was meeting a colleague, and I was in so much pain that I went right into a drain read, and I got the highest dosage of naproxen I can get without having prescription and I got like a 500 milligram like arthritis Tylenol I remember and I got those two boxes and I you know you had to like call over the person so they can open up the little plastic things so the alarm went off and shit <laughs> and so I grab it and I and I'm, I'm in so much pain I could barely talk to the person and I walk outside and I I didn't even wait till I like took two steps I started to tear open the box and I took two and I was like what the hell is going on like this is really bad and I felt like this is it, this is not right. This is not my normal state when something like this happens. State. So I was getting relief from the medication. It would make it go away for about three or four hours, which was like strangely perfect for how much that stuff supposed to like stay on. So then I was like, all right, it's definitely inflammatory. It's acute, all this stuff. 
And then over the next three days, so when we're talking like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of the following week, I started to get severe spasming in my tricep, my pec minor, things that were like really violent, like things that would be obviously involuntary, stuff like that. So all the while, I'm not working out. I'm not going to jujitsu. I'm like, what, what the hell is this? By the end of that week, I started to drop things at home. I started to like lose, uh, you know, grip, whatever, um, with mugs and stuff like that. Things really light. And then I was suspicious about weakness. So I asked some colleagues on that Friday to do some myotomal testing. And sure enough, I had a strict three out of five on my tricep. And my whole left arm was a little weaker, but I was like a four, maybe three plus. But the the tricep was particularly weak in the three out of five, which was really scary. And Lee also has a different way of testing this. (laughs) He did a kettlebell test. He knows what he can lift. That's he right. knows how many times he could lift. And, uh, you know, he took the MMT to another level. That's right. <laughs> no, that, that's exactly right. So I think it must have been the following week after that that I did the kettlebell stuff because um, I, you, typically I I could shoot out like uh, a 30, 32 kg press like once on each arm. Hmm. And it's somewhat even. Some, some days on my left I could get two. Some days I can get just one, and some days I get nothing. Um, but I was down, I could barely get up to 12 kilograms. Wow. So that gives you an idea that, that week. But now I'm much better. I mean, it's getting better. But anyways, it's, uh, so that, that was scary. So again, long story short, trying to do my best. But um, I, I, I had to devise a plan to calm my anxiety because I definitely was having some anxiety uh, about it. And uh, I was like, you know what, I'm going to go see somebody who is as objective as possible, who's outside my circle, um, but also is very knowledgeable. And it's funny, I was telling this to a client, and he's like, who the hell would you go see? Oh, and meaning like, he's like... Tough cut, yeah. And so I was like, well, this is how I explain it. I was like, have you ever seen the movie Kill Bill? Uh, I think it was the second one. Uh, did you see both of the Kill Bills? I didn't. I, seen, I think I saw the first. Okay. The second one is where uh, Beatrice Kiddo, who that's her name, uh, Uma Thurman. Right. She go. They do a, a flashback, and they uh, show how she gets trained to be an assassin. So her her boyfriend at the time um, sends her to this master whose name is Pai Mei, and he's somewhere in Asia. And she's like this really nasty teacher who's who God knows how old he is. He's supposed to be like a hundred something years old, whatever. Anyway, so I, I describe that's who this guy is. He's like Pai Mei, and we're still assassins, <laughs> right. but, we're, but we're not like this guy who can like, you know, he's 100-something years old, and he can destroy people. But anyway, so he, he this guy was one of our former professors. He actually teaches um, spine and orthopedics in, in an association that we always talk about in NIOM. So if you don't know about NIOM, it, it stands for North American Institute of Orthopedic Manual Therapists. And they are the most known for uh, being able to assess and to um, examine the spine. So we're talking cervical all the way down lumbar and sacral. And the reason why I like them is because they're testing, hypothetically, they're testing all the way down to the ligament level. And also they could rule out really bad things and they're known to do that. So their skills are very high. So I went to go see him. He, He was fantastic. And he said everything uh, in a logical manner to me and was able to give me um, a plan. And his hypothesis, I think, is absolutely true. Um, And basically, I I got my nerve traction, and it's only traction in the radial 
um, section, so that the radial nerve really strongly innervates the tricep. And I also had some ulnar weakness as well, so he thinks the ulnar nerve got it. So anyway, so it was a brachial plexus injury. So I got traction a little bit versus something else would be like my fear was, you know, like a fracture of the neck and or a really bad disc injury that might take longer to heal. Anyway, so he was like, I think you should still get an MRI just to be clear, make sure you're on the right track. That will dictate your recovery, all that stuff. And I got that this morning, actually. Um, And so once that comes back, I'll be curious to see what they say. But I'm on the mend. I'm definitely stronger. I've only saw this individual twice. And I have a plan of action. And uh, I've been starting to implement it already. And I already feel better. I do not have any more pain. The pain went away pretty quick. After that week or two of spasming and radiation i had some like nerve symptoms in my elbow but then that went away and now i just have the weakness so that's technically and less good sign. and less weak less weak now so now i could get the 16 kg up five times Crazy. so that's still low for me but it's still a building block and i feel hopeful i think going back to the clinician it's, it's probably important to mention that this clinician although he's an iom trained he is, he's trained in a lot of different systems, um, yeah. <clears throat> and he kind of layers a pathoanatomical model, but he completely gets the whole pain. He gets the whole pain science, and he's a bit of a beast in terms of education. Mm-hmm. Um, I think early on, when Lee and I get out got out of school, <clears throat> any continuing education course, not any, probably like three or four um, continuing ed courses I took, uh, this guy was there. Um, either his clinic was hosting the continuing ed or they were, or he was there. Anyway, Mm. it's just pretty interesting, uh, Lee describing his experience to me. Um, It's so, as physical therapists and like ourselves, when we're in a, when we do get an injury, all of our knowledge kind of is almost, almost useless. And if in some cases, harmful. Yeah, um, it, it, because of, you know, it's like, you know, because of thinking of consequence, thinking of, I guess, red, the worst case scenario. I, I went so right you, to you that, just went, I mean, the fracture, a fracture would be one of the worst case scenarios. I went worse than that. I, I went based Power. on, oh, yeah, I know where you're going. No, I, I went right to cancer. I went right to like uh, a lesion because the way it came about, like oh. Friday night, worse at night, worse with like the oh. most mundane things. I couldn't stimulate it. And um, I thought fracture because it was high velocity. Ah, uh, yeah. But but uh, the state you mentioned the state, and I I could definitely attest to the injuries I've had over the years. How quick? More more recently, when you know I had a neck injury uh, maybe five years ago, and mm. it was the oddest thing when your whole arm hurts or your arm goes numb and yeah. it's positionally changes. But Lee's back from the dead. He's, yeah, he's back. He's uh. Okay. Uh, do you have um, a start date? I do. So that's a good question. So I, for my own mental health, I went to the office at Henzo's and I froze my membership and I gave myself two months. Good. So good. that would have been, that should, if I kept going, it would have been September 23rd, but I might go back. This is, of course, this was a group decision through <laughs> my therapist and through myself. I might go back by September. Cool. Um, cool. So I, I'm giving it just a month. So it was, if it was technically, it was like a solid three months. So it was the end of June, all the way up to September. But I think I, I think I'll be good to go in terms of the safety aspect of it. Now, I'm talking um, talking about taking breaks. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, I've yeah. taken a break um, since stop 
since we stopped recording in June, right? It was June, late June. Late June. Um, I've done some travel with my family, um, which was great. Uh, the first couple of weeks of July, I was still kind of training, both <clears throat> strength training and jujitsu. And the last two weeks, uh, I took a break from everything for the most part. Um, so no jujitsu, no strength training outside of some beach workout that I don't even want to mention. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. So, um, but to, this week was a week back, and and it, it was as I anticipated. It was a bit of a shock to the system, but in Returning, I ran into an article in the New York Times, uh, which is really interesting. Can we click on that? Yeah, go for it. No, it should uh, come up. So the article, the, the right here. Mm-hmm. The article is "Take a Vacation from Exercise. Your Body May Not Thank You." And uh, this will be in the show notes. This, this <laughs> one, I, I have to say, my body today does not thank me. I've I've recovered. It's it's probably about. Two and a half hours after training, actually three and a half hours of training. So this is the first day back from when? From two weeks from today, probably a little more than two weeks. So okay. I didn't train last week. That's a good amount of time. The following week, I did not train. So it's I want to say seventeen days. Ooh. So it feels like to turn BJJ. I mean, I'll do the my personal. I'll go to the research first, and then go to my. Um, my experience. So this article basically took a look at individuals that are active and by active, it was a healthy adult, young adult that walks over 10,000 steps. Uh, What they told these individuals to do is to cut back their activity to under 2000 steps and no strength training outside of just walking. Um, they took a look at their metabolic rate, uh, their insulin resistance, and in two weeks, a young adult had changes in their insulin resistance and at the level of the muscle fiber, uh, less, oh, what the hell is the word, ability to take care of sugar, right? So it's really a metabolic thing that they were, they were looking at. It's like the turnover. The turnover. And, and basically in two weeks, these uh, healthy individuals, young individuals, had issues now uh my issues they were different changes mm-hmm. the good thing the good news is is that shortly thereafter they returned to their normal routine those levels went back to normal for that normal for that individual how long did that take did they mention the, it, within a week oh wow, that's fast but but the big but and this is where we get thrown in and we probably don't fall in this demographic yet but they took the same study and looked at older individuals yeah what was the age Oh, I don't know. 60s? 60s. I don't know the age. And who was the, quote, younger? Like, were they College 20s? age. Oh, college okay. age. So they were definitely youngsters. The older... In- oh, there it is. Overweight people past 65 uh, were already at risk. So they were, yeah. they were already in bad shape. Now, they were otherwise healthy individuals walking seven to 8,000 steps. They were instructed to just sit frequently. Oh, God. And to go... Under a thousand uh, steps a day for two weeks. Wow! Um, and then they were told to get back to normal. These individuals had longer-lasting changes, so the negative result. Mm-hmm. So it took them a lot longer to get back to their level, and they didn't really give a time frame, but they said it was significantly Not later. Really. And and this this demographic is a little more common because older individuals often. They may have a situation where they're in a hospital, 
where they're they're sick. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was a, a population that this situation would happen more frequently. The sad thing is that, that many people after this study never returned to their previous um, active levels. Act, active levels because of the study, like they they Possib- couldn't get back into the routine. Possibly, and I mean it. You know, just, anyway, the bottom the bottom line of this article was that you know we should start moving. And I love there was a little plug in the last paragraph says. Talk to a physical therapist ah. about activity options if you've been injured or hospitalized. And instead of taking a vacation from exercise, consider building an exercise into your vacation. The beach is as enticing as a stroll uh, for a stroll as a snooze. Uh. And I didn't take that advice. Obviously, I would hopefully should have read that article. But, you know, my logic, I mean, my experience, you know, in two weeks of not training uh, the first couple of days, you feel pretty good, actually. Everything starts to kind of heal up. Right. And then I would say four or five days into it, a little sluggish. It's my like food, the rebound. Yeah, rebound. And then fast forward to, let's say, yesterday. Um, I was so, you know, it's just, you, you don't move as well. Now, t- today, like a few hours ago, I, I practiced, uh, first day back into jujitsu. I was <clears> telling <throat> Lee, just in the warm-up, you know, my my legs started to kind of cramp up. Mm-hmm. My endurance with my training partner was pretty low, and and my recovery after that hour, uh, I was huffing and puffing and sweating and dragging myself along for about an hour. So I mean, the moral of the story is, keep moving. Yeah, and even if you're on vacation, modify your routine. I wouldn't say stop. And, and if you have a case of injury like Lee, that's a different story but yeah. vacation doesn't mean a vacation from your health i think that's super important and th- this is really interesting because it highlights i think a key frustration that we'll see in, in patient our patient population this quote lack of an immediate result right like we have to guide the person into the fact that it might take them a little longer like the last time they were injured similar to me was like let's say back in their 20s where they can technically bounce back and now we're just trying to guide them back to recovery. You're still going to heal. You're still going to get better, but it's going to take a little bit of time. You're going to have to be a little bit more disciplined. And this is a common theme that we talk about on almost every podcast is keep the regime going and also learn those skills as soon as you can. If you're, you know, if you're in your 30s or your 40s, that, that's an optimal time to really structure your time management and also your skills to um, get active. In your 20s, same thing. You're even better, but obviously you're going to have a little less discipline. You're going to you're going to take advantage of that time that you have take it for yeah. granted. I think this article uh, spoke about that. That yeah. you know, uh, it, with youth comes recovery, a bounce back recovery. Mm-hmm. And Lee and I have discussed, presented, spoke at length about recovery. But as we age, and what I mean by age is, let's say over 30, 35. You know, you could expect your recovery. One has to focus on recovery. I think in your 20s, some people do focus on recovery, but the margin is larger for you to kind of play. And what I mean by play is maybe not sleep as much, maybe skip a week and just jump back into it. Food. Food. Eat eat a lot of junk food. And you're like a garbage disposal. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that... The last two weeks, I I could admit... (laughs) That I have had, I'll, I'll, I'm not going to name names on fast food places, but I, I didn't eat any fast food on vacation. Ate very relatively well. 
But I indulged. Yeah, man, you got to Indulged. And <clears throat> the last indulge, I wouldn't even call it indulgence. It was more of a survival. I was going to say, it's a necessity. So it, wasn't indul- it was back. a necessity. I, I was, was my wife and I were driving home. We got stuck in traffic. We hadn't had lunch. And I won't mention the name of this fast food <laughs> chain because I'm embarrassed. But I'm halfway sorry. through this burger... That narrows that's it down. down that narrows it down. And it has royalty <laughs> in the name. No, no. <laughs> but um, halfway into this, I... Uh, halfway into this burger, I was like, whoa, what am I eating? This isn't really food. No. And then I just start thinking of all the documentaries, what I tell people, what I tell my clients. And I had to... I said, and I told my wife, I was like, babe, you don't mind. I think I'm going to throw this out. And she was like, no, throw it out. Yeah. If you're full, if you're full, I don't want you to get sick. Don't don't overeat. Anyway, so... Jeez. But I'm back That's on right. track. Blueberries are flowing. Nice. We got the juices flowing. Kale's going. Brown rice, turkey, water. <laughs> we got plenty of water. Got to hydrate. We're hydrating. Um, I'm back in action and looking forward to uh, yeah getting back into movement. So yeah, man. And for all of those, for those of you who have taken a time off of exercise, I mean, the toughest thing is to break the ice. Even two weeks. It is. It's that breaking is, the ice. I, I have to say that I because. Ha- you know, for me, I'm, I, I did my first workout today, by the way, and uh, it kept it really light. I didn't want to be in a lot of pain for the next couple of days, so I was like, did it really slow. But that first the first time back, I was scared. Once again, I'm using the idea of fear. That was how I felt. I felt scared to like, oh, I'm going to be so much weaker. I'm going to have to use all this light weight, and I'm not going to be able to do the same amount. And like, if, what if I do too much and I like pull something, whatever. Um, but I just, I put my headphones on. I was like, this is what you're going to do. This is what you would do for a patient if they were in the same situation. You really have to talk this stuff out. It's so annoying, but you got to do it. This is the um, discipline. This comes into the discipline. I mean, obviously, Lee and I have a, a bit of a background with this, but I can't yeah. imagine, uh, well, I could, we deal with it on a daily basis, what a patient goes through that maybe they don't even have a movement practice in their life, right? No, that's the other thing. And, um, uh, you know, you... You know, as a professional, well, they have X going on, X pain, X injury, but what they really need is movement, right? Right, yeah. So um, for those of you who don't have movement practices, you should, uh, you know, again, start light and just know that once you break that, break the mold of not moving, you know, it, your body starts to crave it to the point where when you don't move, for instance, during my vacation, halfway through it, I, I felt like, wow, I don't feel good. Yeah, you know, I feel so. I feel, a lot of crazy thoughts come through your mind, but you just don't feel balanced. Yeah, I do have to comment on the lack of movement that I've had over the last month. Uh, craving it, a hundred percent. Meaning, yeah. like, uh, but of, of course, it's after some bad, not bad stuff, some uh, some negative things. <laughs> either I said, did whatever, like, because you know, if you if you're on a regular movement schedule and you're kind of pushing yourself. Uh, on certain things you get to release a lot of stuff so i was a lot more irritable (laughs) i was craving a lot more uh junk food definitely more alcohol and and then you'd have this huge guilt trip the next day when you really pig out or you know drink a lot or whatever how you deal with that well uh, (laughs) yeah exactly i gotta gotta drink today because i'm hungover like um but it was it 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 felt really good to kind of get back on track and move again and it's really medicine it's really like i'm i'm very happy and fortunate that we've been introduced to movement practices and we took advantage of it and we learned about it and now i i have a certain state 
where I crave it if I don't do it. I feel happy about that and fortunate. <clears throat> uh, and it truly is. There was an article a while back that said, like, what if exercise, if exercise were a pill, everybody would be on it. And it's true. It it I, it literally was medicine for me when I did it, and it sh- it should be for all of us in a sense that if we know how to do it and implement it safely and properly, it will be. It will eventually be this, something that will be normal. And I think this um, movement practice slash exercise we're discussing is really scalable, right? It, it doesn't matter if you know you're two years old or you're ninety two years old. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, f- for the most part, four limbs, a head. That's right. Move, rotate, lift, push, pull, step, squat, lunge. You know, the, the oh, five moves. Jujitsu. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jujitsu is necessary. So it really is <laughs> for us now. But uh, yeah, that's enough. To, I mean, we 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 spoke uh, at length about our our experiences, but it's been a it's been an interesting month, and um, yeah, we're gonna get into the meat and potatoes. Sure. I'll t- let Lee uh, set it off All with right. uh, some barefoot training. So this was an interesting subject for the both of us, only because I think, for the most part, we get bombarded with this question all the time from patients, and, and not in a bad way. It's just it's a very uh, controversial subject. Plus, it's a very um, uh, what's, they, people need to know about it because there's so much information out there. <clears throat> so barefoot training. Now, we're not just talking about, like, barefoot running. We're talking about, like, everything. Resistance training, um, even something like jujitsu, martial arts, like, why barefoot, why not shoes, um, you know, rock climbing, stuff like that. But uh, how I first, how I was first introduced to this, well, first of all, let's go back to school. When we were in PT school, they teach the most traditional um, way of, of teaching it. Of course, they have to do that because that's the, the the large amount of research that's out there is what we were taught. So they taught us about uh, orthoses, inserts, pronation, Post. supination, posts, uh, all the stuff that we we needed. Basically, when we came out of school, we were like, you, the foot needs to be supported and cushioned and pillowed up, and you need to have like a really cushy shoe, and you got to control all movement. There should be no movement. You should just have like a straight <laughs> friggin' foot as you run. So I did that with everybody. I did that, like, uh, especially when I was a student underneath an instructor. I was like, oh, my God, we're watching him run. We need to put shoes on him and all this. Anyways, then I think the first introduction to me thinking about it differently was when I read Born to Run. Great book. Great book. It was awesome. What is it, McDonald or something? I don't know what his name is. I can't remember his name right now. Born to Run is... It speaks about the Indians in Mexico, right? Exactly. So that was the coolest thing. And after I, first of all, he's a fantastic writer, and the way he wrote the book, I'm I'm a terrible reader. I don't read a lot of books. I think I've explained this already. So like for me to read a book that quickly, it was really easy to read and and really fun to read. Um, but he talked about the the this uh, you know going to this tribe in in Mexico and learning about their practices and learning about how they ran and how they had just basically the sandal that they would wear that was uh, just a rubber sole that they would cut off from a tire and tie a couple strings and they would run ultra marathon distances and these things and they would do it from young. I mean, obviously they developed their body to the extent where they could do this from young. But anyway, so that book really stimulated for me to think about my martial arts background and my feet. 
Mm. I was like, wow, I, I have all these cushy shoes that I started wearing in undergrad because I went to a running store once and I was a kinesiology major mm. and one of my professors worked at this running store and she, she watched me run. She's like, oh, you need this, this, and this control pronation. So ever since then, I was like, oh, this is what I need to do. And then I, I always had a history of ankle issues. They didn't get any better. They actually probably got a little worse, worse when I got to New York and I started, I was like, oh, I need these running shoes again. I got to get new ones. I have like 500 miles, whatever. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> it was crazy. And so uh-huh. then after I read that book, I went out and bought my first pair Vibram. of Vibrams, of the five finger shoes. And I, I was like, I'm not going to go crazy. I'm just going to get the most basic pair, like the indoor pair or whatever. And I started to run around in my parents' backyard and they have about an acre of land. And so I was running around like in grass and stuff like that. So I made a strict rule for myself. I, I think it was just kind of playing it out. Like I'd only do it. Uh, I wasn't going to go running in them. I was just going to do like workouts with them and um, experiment with them and stuff like that. So that took several years of doing that. And then coincidentally, I started training for my kettlebell cert. Oh, that's. And then uh, I took my. Oral barefoot. And that that changed it 1,000%. Went to the kettlebell cert. One of the first things they said, you guys are all going to do this barefoot unless you have Vibrams. And this is the reason why. And I was lucky enough to have uh, Dr. Mark Chang, who is an SFG and a team lead. And I think it was him that that time who had he was he had the floor and he was talking to everybody. And he said the most profound thing. And, and uh, then it was just like flip the switch. He said strength training in cushioned shoes is like reading Braille while wearing oven mitts. And I was like, Jesus Christ, he's right. Like, this is, like, why would you treat your feet like that versus treating your hands? Like, why would, if you, if, like, if I put oven mitts in you and I had you, like, type on the computer, you wouldn't be able to do it. Or write or anything. Nothing, right? And what he's speaking to is he's speaking to the fact that we have so, like, thousands and thousands of uh, sensory fibers in our, our hands and our feet and really important uh, muscles in our hands and our feet. And obviously, when our feet hit the ground, we have to adjust for the terrain, adjust for our body posture, things like that. Mechanically, our feet are so important for giving that feedback to our body. Super <clears throat> sensitive. I mean, I know that, I don't know the, the facts or the stats on this, but I would gather that similar to our lips, our tongue, our hands, our feet are probably loaded with sensors. I mean, with, with sensory input. You know, mm-hmm. But I think that, I think that what we've done with all these cushy shoes is really numbed. We're changing our brain map, the homunculus. So if you look at the homunculus, and as many people have do this, Google the the homunculus and the body, right? There's one that I found who this guy made like a, a standing man, and his, the biggest parts, of course, were the hands, the lips, what you just said, mm-hmm. the hands, the lips, the tongue, um, and the feet were probably the next biggest after that. Because yeah, they all sense danger, right? I mean... You taste buds, you know, if you taste something that's off, that could kill you. Same thing with your hand. I mean, if you feel something. But the feet, it's the same, it's the same concept. It is. And, and so that's what they were emphasizing. So they, they had research to back this up. I'll have to go back to my SFG material to see the research. But basically, uh, the feedback that you get when you strength training, it has a uh, an effect on the nervous system. So, like, let's say if I put some weight in your hand and I have you squat a bunch of times, no matter the form, uh, and it's a challenging weight, and I ha- you're wearing cushioned shoes, if I take those shoes off, same amount of weight, same form, stuff like that, you'll have a different neurological response with the shoes off 
in a good way. You'll be a little bit more, you'll like ha- have higher EMG activity. You'll have uh, more carryover to having your nervous system actually adapt to that. That was the biggest thing, at, le- at least personally, I experienced because when you have just bare feet or you have very uh, minimalist shoes when you do weight training, you feel way different when you work out. Complete different. Uh, I mean, I when Lee put me on to kettlebell training, that was I, I think I had started just squatting or deadlifting uh, barefoot. And mm-hmm. I interspersed that with, I think I used lifting shoes three times, and I was like, oh, I'm not going to do this. Mm-hmm. But um, anyhow, complete difference. And through the years of barefoot training, I mean, I, I never wear shoes now when I'm working out uh, unless I'm running, and we'll go into that. But mm-hmm. complete difference. And then with the addition of jujitsu. My foot, I could actually say that, and this has happened with yoga as well, mm-hmm. when I started taking, like, my foot just feels connected. I, I can't explain it. Yeah. It's just a whole completely different feel. And I, I start to, as Lee is talking, I'm starting to think of all those years in the high shoes mm-hmm. and what that must have did to my hip, right? Yeah. I mean, I've always had a, a externally rotated hip, but the stiffness and finally this recently I've been moving around and I'm like, wow, I'm so much more mobile. I could attribute it to obviously jujitsu, but training barefoot. Right. Um, and, and we're not saying like you got to go out right now, take off all your shoes and socks and run around in the street. That's not what we're saying. And, and no. And, and <clears throat> I would also premise with, with the barefoot running. I mean, we've, I've seen countless patients that have, had stress injuries, stress fractures. Bad injuries, yeah. Bad injuries from, you Jumping. know, putting, yeah, getting on, just running on a trail barefoot. I mean, yeah. uh, or concrete. Trail is probably a better bet. But um, so there is a, we have been conditioned to wear shoes. And this is another study fact. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there are some adaptations that's happened both on a neurological level as well as a, a physiological level. Um, to wearing shoes, so we're not recommending that you know you throw off your shoes and start walking around Manhattan barefoot because no. it's not it. But um, but 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 no, it's <laughs> a, a, yeah. Um, ideally, like let's say um, if you, it, it all depends on your background. Again, this all goes back. We we always use this phrase. It depends. So like if we uh, if someone asks us. What do you think about barefoot running? What do you think about barefoot training? I, I'm going to say it depends. I'm gonna, I got to look at your feet. Number one, I got to talk to you about what you've done in, as a kid. What did you do as a teenager? What kind of shoes do you wear right now? How long you've been wearing those? Stuff like that. So I, I would say, on average, we have to speak in generalities here that people's feet are not prepared for barefoot training yet. Correct. Right. But you can absolutely prepare them for it in a sense that, like, you know, there's an argument that says, uh, and, and I understand it and I, I do uh, align with it, your foot bones are set by, like, age eight or something. I can't remember the exact. I'm, I'm not going to be able to pull up a research study on that. That was uh, give, That information was given to me by a colleague whose wife is a pediatric physical therapist and who has the most up-to-date research on that. So maybe I'll, re- I'll reach out to them and see if I can pull it up. But but as a like an anal- like a, a systematic um, review and meta analysis, they found that that's pretty much on average where your foot bones set. That's fine, but we're ever changing beings. We're plastic. Not only does our brain change quite a bit all the way into our 80s and 90s, our muscles and tendons and ligaments they change as well. <clears throat> it depends on the stress that you place on it. 
So let's say if you find yourself in your 30s, let's say that you're in your 30s, you're working full time job, you're wearing some nice shoes that might have a heel to it, might be cushioned. You might have been running in cushioned shoes. So you're going to have to do some significant um, retraining in the bare feet. So you could do something something as simple is being uh, just wearing or having your bare feet walking around at home and being conscious about that, doing some toe work. And we're not talking about moving marbles here. We're talking no. about no something marbles. else. Don't no. touch marbles with your feet. <laughs> They're poison- poisonous. <laughs> uh, once again, we're going to pull up uh, Dr. Andrew Espina, FRC. He came out with a video that is very comprehensive, and he talks about uh, differentiating between your big toe, your little toes, and your ability to spread and your ability to contract your your toes and and being able to use your feet effectively and he's he recommends people to do this while they look at their feet so you're brain mapping you're you're mapping out the movement and inevitably when i have patients do this they can't do it and i I was like this is completely normal you shouldn't be if you do this right now like the first time i'm asking you to do it then you've already had this training like you've had some introduction to barefoot training but I would say inevitably it takes about a week or two to be able to differentiate at least your big toe from the rest of your toes. That's a tough, that's like a, yeah, that's a tough party trick. <clears throat> many clients, many patients can't, then physically you could lift their toe for them mm-hmm. and rarely could they hold it there. But it, Spina, you shared that with me and I've shared that with a few patients of mine that found it very helpful. Yeah. Um, but surprisingly very tough. Like It if, is. You think you have control of your feet, but most of us don't. No. Um, And if you ever, uh, one of our former mentors, he used to do this with patients a while ago, and I was always dumbfounded by it, but he would have the patients close their eyes and he would grab each toe, and he would ask them, which toe am I grabbing? Um, And after one and two, they fail every time. Like, I I, I think, I've never done this to a patient, but I recently had uh, a traditional ballet dancer patient, and I was, I'm always blown away by what they could do with their body and, and movement-wise. This patient, they just demonstrated real quick, like, a movement that they did in dance. And the, the movement had them reach out with their leg and foot. And as she reached out, she literally spread every toe as if they were, like, a hand and then retracted it back. But the control of it was insane. It was – so that that is another thing, too. We're so accustomed to our feet being stiff in the mobile. When I see something like that look like a hand, like, you're like, well, that, that doesn't look normal. Like, I, I don't recognize that as something normal. But I think it can be if you train the foot. Absolutely. <clears throat> Think of jujitsu. Think of yeah. The, some jiu-jitsu. of the jujitsu instructors have those same kind of same uh, prehension in their they, feet. Pre, you know, they show um, our boy Z. Yeah. Um, he does a little ballerina foot. His boy. foot looks ridiculously strong. It's like oh, that thing's so strong. Had, you know, <clears throat> and I could. Um, that you need your feet. Yeah. You <laughs> really need your feet. But sure. uh, barefoot training. What we're recommending is not to completely change your game. Right. But it is definitely something that has to be gradually done. And and there's no real um, protocol. I think with, like, Vibrams and stuff, they give somewhat of a... There is a program on their website, and it's very basic. Very basic. It's it's a general guideline. Yeah. And that's that might be for running. I'm not even sure. Running, walking, it's, or even using them, right? I mean... I think just using them. It's, a, it, it's really about exposure. Like anything else, the, all this stuff is about exposure. Strength training, stuff like that. So there have been... 
um, really intelligent people who have come up with programs. Um, I wanted to mention this one gentleman. He's a physical therapist, again, I believe out of the UK. His name is Tom Goom, G-O-O-M. Um, and he has the handle, the running physio. Um, I think he's, in terms of a resource, he's probably one of the best. He combines evidence. He combines his own experiences with running, his clients' experiences with running, patients' experience with running. He, he trains elite runners. Um, but he, he has programs out there for something like this. Now, he doesn't necessarily go into, he, he'll talk about barefoot training and stuff like that but he inevitably will say like you'll have to come in for an evaluation to give you an adequate way to um transition to something more like minimal minimal shoot um but yeah so like exposure is super important in general this is what i mean this is what i would recommend you definitely let me know no, no, go for it. um i think feet are too supported and feet are too cushioned in a sense that like we we give too much too much um we're trying to block movement always so we're always trying to block movement i don't think that's the right way to approach it i think you want to expose as much movement as you could at the foot but that movement should be controlled so how that even begins to happen is doing simple things that we just talked about from andrew Spina, the intrinsic toe work using uh, big toe and little toe dis- dissociation um, and then walking around barefoot at least in your apartment or your house, get used to that. If you have access to grass and uh, like a field, going on the weekends, maybe spending like 30 minutes to an hour walking around, maybe running around a little bit in the bare feet, get see what that feels like. Um, <clears throat> and then over time, you can start to transition into f- shoes that have technically what they call a zero drop. A zero drop is taking away the two-to-one ratio of the natural shoe that everyone has. So, like, there's, let's say, we'll talk about inches. So, every shoe has two inches to a one inch from the heel to the toe. And zero drop means we take that away. It's a, you know, zero to zero ratio or one to one ratio. Um, So, there are many companies that do this. Ultra has, I'm wearing Ultras right now, and they have, like, a city shoe that has, like, a nice thick sole. But (laughs) I could could put them up. Uh, uh, Here we go. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they have a, a really thick sole, so <laughs> but they have a wide toe box. Uh, Vivo Barefoot is another awesome company. The only thing with them is that their a lot of their shoes will have a very thin sole, so it can be a little hard walking around the cement. I love Vivo Barefoot for indoor like work. Like I, I do all my treatment, or I try to do all my treatment in either bare feet or uh, Vivo Barefoot. <clears throat> That's my favorite. Um, and then there's some other brands out there. I don't, I'm not familiar with the name right now, but those two are m- kind of like my go-to. They have the wide toe box, zero drop. Uh, so that's w- where you would start. Obviously, walk before you run. But a good saying that I heard one, once, <clears throat> excuse me, get in shape to run. Don't run to get in shape. Right. That's like a key thing. You treat it like uh, almost like your strength training. Your, yeah, it's your a skill. I mean, that, that's mm-hmm. one thing that... I think uh, most of us take for granted. Like we think, well, children run naturally, but uh, for the most part, you know, running is a skill set that if, you know, you're not well versed in, you know, that's something I learned with running a few mar- half marathons and in training for that the first time around, I had Jay take a look at like my running form and we talked about, you know, posture and anyhow, 
Yeah, running's a skill. So it's not yeah. something, you know, I wouldn't advise someone that doesn't run to just start running like Yeah, and not miles. looking not looking at the integrity of the foot, knee, hip, back, you know, the whole system. Everything, yeah. Um yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, anecdotally, as Lee was talking about graduate school, while I was in graduate school, I went to a running shop mm-hmm. and I bought there's this person that was a running expert and she was like, well, you pronate, you know, mm-hmm. you need like pronation control. Mm-hmm. And I got the thickest shoe I ever th- had in my life. And I was up to this point, I was doing sprints on the treadmill at like 12 miles an hour. It, mm-hmm. I was having a good time with those shoes, one sprint. And that's when I had knee issues in, in school. It was a quick, luckily it passed. I remember this. <clears throat> so all of my professors were... I just remember examining your exactly. your leg, and I was like, "Oh, you got this going on." Yeah, the meniscus. I have no idea what the fuck's going on. <laughs> the meniscus, you tore your meniscus. Right. It was sharp. It was pretty sharp. So anyhow, these shoes we we had to had to because that was the only I knew it was a shoe. It was literally started running, but um, the the people that we recommend to go to running shops. What I oh what I always recommend in going to a running shop is a a good running store will give you a spectrum of shoes. Yes. And they will go, hey, this is not going to support you at all. This is moderate support. This is a lot of support. I always tell people to veer on the the bottom half of that. And I'm not, I personally, I'm not against running shoes at all. I think it's, if you want to run in running shoes, that's fine. But to train in them, strength train, to live in them, uh, to you know, commute to do all your things, and you know, putting yourself at a disadvantage. I, I, I do believe. I mean, so it's this common ground that Lee's mentioning on how to introduce some kind of um, just connection with the floor, literally. Yeah, I, and it's funny you say. I think it's really in general. It's 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 this mindset that's been around for so long. <clears throat> Excuse me. We in like let's say you have a shoulder injury, right? Go to the uh, doctor, the doctor's like, oh, you hurt your shoulder. Maybe they'll, go, they'll recommend go get PT. <clears throat> PT is going to check it out, uh, check out your deficits. But eventually, the goal of therapy is going to get the, the shoulder to be what? It's going to be like sho- uh, stronger and move more, right? And tolerate more and get you back to completely all that. different on the foot. <laughs> you hurt your foot, what are they the first thing they do? We're going to put boot. you in a boot. Like, and you got a cast when you injured your ankle. That's <clears throat> <clears throat> insane. Well, they give you. An orthotic, or they may even tape you or kind of immobilize. If they don't do the boot, they immobilize you. Right. I know someone very near and dear that had like a gauze. My mom. Oh. <laughs> Ga- oh yeah, yeah. Ga- like an ace band. Like I was like, what is this? What is this? You know, it wasn't even. So, it was just. It was just wrap a paper napkin around your foot. <laughs> but um, but I have also. I mean, I I, I shared with Lee. I have a, I had a patient uh, months back that had a very very high orthotic to the oh, point sorry, where man. it was like a heel uh gentleman might have had a, a foot form deformity i'm not sure if that was present before the orthotic but for sure the orthotic was causing more i mean the guys he could not stand without the orthotic That's i mean amazing. it was like and watching him walk it was almost like he was on a stilt so there was no stability and unfortunately this gentleman had back and knee pain excuse me back and hip pain some degenerative, um, severe arthritis in his hip and some severe stuff going on in his back. I mean, that's just on a on a picture. But 
you know, my diagnosis was we got to we have to try to get you out of these orthotics. Yeah. And he was running on a treadmill for 10 years and never, you know, anyway, long story short is, as Lee said, this is the this is what the patient told me. Well, my podiatrist told me that my we're bringing the floor up to my foot, up to my foot. I, I, and it, it, this is a very I'm going to there's a disclaimer. This is a very touchy subject. Right. We know this. Right. Uh, know. Similar to acupuncture, orthotics, we could do a whole separate podcast on it. Um, but, right. you know, th- uh, yeah, I understand the hypothesis and, like, the mindset and what we're trying to do. But there, I think there's no long-term thought process. And I heard once um, there was a foot person. I'm not going to name the, the profession that they were in, but they were not a doctor um, but they gave a presentation to a bunch of physical therapists somewhere. Um, and they explained to patient and they basically said, they're like, it didn't matter as long as I got them out the door feeling better. It didn't matter what was going to happen to them long term. And I was like, wow. So that, that's like a problem right there. Like you're, you should be educating the patient what they could do to find out what they can help themselves long term. And in short term, I actually am not opposed to using an orthotic or even a heel lift. Yes, to to do exactly that right. to, and, and explain to the person, hey, this is going to kind of this should offset A, B, and C. Right. This is not a this is not a fix. We're just kind of giving some time for the tissue to repair, heal, and and we could work on blah 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 blah. Right. But not a what, what Lee said the the whole long term thing. You know, again, it's a very touchy subject because I we know many friends, family members, or people that have used orthotics. Sure. Um, but personally, I believe that. I don't like external sources of control because it kills your homunculus. <laughs> no, no, no. But it kills it kills our, our brain map of that area. And there's evidence to it. I mean, they're, they're, I'll do my best to dig up some of the most recent stuff. But there's evidence to show. If there's not evidence, just just take our word on it. All right? <laughs> I'm not digging. I'm not digging. <laughs> no, 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 no. That was the best. Yeah, OCS right. is done. OCS is <laughs> OCS done. done. Just, just don't. Do oh not my god, that was plane. hilarious! No. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we feel every day. No, <laughs> we do our best to, to do the evidence based, and, and it's it's there's just a lot. I mean, especially um, doing lit reviews, it's we're, we're, we're time is limited. <laughs> time is limited, man. We got we got to put babies to sleep. Think things, but but all in all, oh, you know, we funny, I man. could speak on I could speak on what we've read. Yes, what we've seen. Yeah. Our personal experience, our, our tons of mentors that that have helped us along the way, <clears throat> and we've seen both sides of the fence, right? We've seen super supportive. Here's orthotics. Here's pronation control. Yeah. Blank, blank, blank. And then we've seen barefoot, and we've seen the pros and cons of both. And I, I, I probably fall somewhere in the middle, closer to the barefoot right. when it comes. And I'll use my son anecdotally. Yeah. Um, in him learning to <clears throat> walk. His favorite, this uh, shoe, I hate to plug them, but I'm going to do it, uh, Stride Right. Uh, and they're designed to almost hold, it's almost it's almost like a rocker bottom, but it's flat. There's like a zero, what is it called? Zero, zero drop. Zero drop. Mm. A little grip, uh, a little Velcro-y thing. Oh, I think and, I saw them on him. Yeah, so those, <clears throat> those were helpful. And then I had like a little running shoe mm. that had a, a very large drop. 
and he literally would fall. He would just get pitched forward. Because uh, it had the, it quote, had two to one or whatever Two to it one. It was just throw him forward. Or uh, he would just, like, walk, couldn't like, stop himself. What the hell himself. is this? <laughs> couldn't stop himself. <laughs> so I try my hardest to keep this kid barefoot yeah. when he's home. Or let's say we take him to the park. We'll, we'll put him barefoot. I mean, recently we were in the beach a lot. And it, it's pretty amazing to see the difference in terms of his ability to squat. Yeah, that's he's, a huge he's just, thing there. And, and speaking of feet, he's in a full squat. His feet are relaxed, and the only reason his foot tenses if if he weight shifts. Mm. So he's gripping the floor a little. But if you watch, for for those of you with little ones, you know, watch, look at their feet. Look at the way, look at the way they move, and, and look at the way shoes hinder yeah. um, that. So I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna send them to school with no shoes. But <laughs> and I actually, you know, a disclaimer: my wife, a lot of times, she'll just take them out of the house without shoes, and I'm like, babe, put on some shoes. Yeah, we got Let's cement just, in the city. Yeah, and they're not even we're going to, we're going to go to eat something. Uh-huh. Like, what if he wants to like, stand up? Yeah. So I'm the one always barking to put shoes on him. I guess when I think it's appropriate, but um, <laughs> but um, keep your shoes off, guys. Yeah. <laughs> no, especially for the kids, I feel like that's super important because they get tissues adapt. That's the other thing I want to like a common theme I want to reinforce that we always try to reinforce here. The most cool, the coolest picture I've seen is there was a foot uh, or a couple, like a pair of feet. Um, I think they were from Peru, like this, this tribe in Peru, and they do similar to like barefoot training. And both of the feet were had the reverse ha- a hallux, and I thought it was the coolest. It looked so weird again, and it was almost if if you don't know what I'm talking about, but uh, like quote bunion or hallux valgus is when the big toe kind of sneaks under or over the second toe, and you get this bump on the side. So they had the reverse. They had the thing. They had the guy going out. And it was coolest to see because it you could definitely see the joint change, you could see the muscular change, and you could basically see a hand instead of a foot. And that's because they've been exposed to barefoot, you know, training and um, stimulation most of their life. And that's adaptation. It, we're all human in a sense that we have particulars about our anatomy, yes, but our tissues do adapt and to uh, to grab onto that mindset and to progressively and healthily. Uh, implement that is super important for longevity. I mean, that are, I could pull up some research for sure for the show notes about plantar fascia, <laughs> <laughs> plantar fasciopathies, and plantar fascia thickness uh, for people who do more of quote barefoot or minimalist shoe wear versus people who are very cushioned. Now, think about that for a second. Our foot is technically the only thing connecting us to the ground if we're barefoot, right? Why wouldn't you want to have a nice thick tissue to protect? all of your vital tissues in your foot versus versus having like a thin layer of you know tissue to protect it it's there to be thick it's there to be thick and flexible and mobile and strong it's there to do all of that and responsive i mean the last 2 or 3 weeks i've been barefoot or i've been wearing sandals flat mm. sandals and i can't tell you how many times i stepped on something and i just Pulled away. Pulled away quick. And I'm yeah. like, oh, shit, no, that's a little sharp or that doesn't feel right or that could be a crab. But, uh, <laughs> um, but your, your, respons- your responsiveness <laughs> is, is a little quicker. Take off your shoes, guys. <laughs> Take uh, off your <laughs> shoes. <laughs> I, yeah, I also, I, we mentioned the ballet dancers, martial artists, too. Um, oh, we've seen, I, you can see some ridiculous, it looks like they, they do deadlifts on their feet, right? Like so a lot cool. of these, a lot of the black belts. 
Um, their foot is like a hand, really. It yeah. is, and because they have to do all these crazy things. I'll never forget. I trained. Uh, I went with Fabian to Brooklyn to Unlimited Martial Arts to train with his one of his instructors from Bronx BJJ, Fernando. Mm. And he, this was right when I had just started. May I might have been like a couple months in. I was having so much trouble with all these these techniques, and he was trying to explain. He's like, right now you have like, he was like, you have a very limpy foot. He's like, you have to have like a jujitsu foot and being able to do this, do this. And he showed me what his foot could do. I was like, damn. I was like, how? I was like, I've seen dancers do that and with strength, but I can't do that. Um, so th- and this guy's he's a black belt in jujitsu. I mean, he he does this stuff all the time. The foot, the foot did, anecdotally again today. The foot did save me twice. Yeah, where I got my foot on someone's hip quick though, you know, quick. Yeah. Or someone was trying to pull my, drag my leg, and I used my foot to. It's almost like you you could use your yeah you're using your foot as a hand. Definitely, uh-huh. and I've seen and I've I've been in these situations in jujitsu where I'll be like inverted and I'll have like one foot down, my other leg will be up in the air, and I'll literally just be on my ball the foot and i'll have to have this really good toe extension if i didn't i didn't have that quote good toe extension or whatever it would be really uncomfortable and painful but yeah no i mean i think barefoot training barefoot running that is that should be the angle uh christopher johnson oh good good stuff christopher johnson uh i'm not saying he told me to go barefoot but uh he he's He's an athlete, he's a triathlete, and he's also an incredible physical therapist. I remember when he worked with us, he was on like, I don't know, he was like on a second or third year, and he was competing, I think, with zero drop shoes. And he That's was amazing. He was, was high volume. Yeah. High volume. Iron Man. I mean, he was telling me, uh, or at least explaining to a patient, like what that took. And that took years for him to do that. He was like, I started with this kind of shoe. After a year or two, I went to this shoe. So it was very progressive, and that's that's an intelligent way to go about it. Plus, I think that's going to reduce the likelihood of having these um, negative effects that we'll see. I mean, I'll never forget there was one person who jumped from, like, super cushy shoes for years and years and years, and they're in the 30s. They jumped to, like, Vivo Bear, uh, sorry, uh, Vibrams, ran around the park, did the t- uh, 10K 6.2, fractures uh <laughs> like he, like all these he got a he, his mri came back and you think he had like his legs were clubbed or something and you want to be like why would you do that like i, he, I guarantee you he felt it because I, i've seen people sure. in brooklyn oh, I, I run with the pain running with pain this guy was and you all you heard was this, slap this, slap slap oh <laughs> and like God, the bones like, hitting what is what's going he's, he's what's wrong i said he's not he's wearing vibrams <laughs> And she, because she saw it. She he, was. He, he had grit. He was grimace face. He was like oh, high man. stepping, and he must have been doing like a final sprint before he got into his. But it, Damn. it's extreme, unnecessary, yeah. guys. Just you know, use your judgment. We're not advocating for. Um, we're just advocating for progression. Progression. Long longevity and progression. And this, this is what I think people come see us for. Is like, what will we see as a long term outcome for this? Plus, we'll help you in the moment. But like. If you want to be doing this for the rest of your life, uh, uh, you shouldn't progress to a more cushioned shoe. Uh, what sense does that make? I mean, that doesn't seem to well, help. Well, going back to this patient that I saw, you know, I kept, it must have been like, I don't know, three visits. And every visit I would be like, you know, I would say, wow, that's a high orthotic. <clears throat> yeah, that's right. I mean, and then he said, be. you know, he said, 
Well, to be to be fair, <clears throat> I pushed to get them increased a bit because it always felt better to have them a little higher. It's always gonna feel so, so he. Yeah, of course. You're shortening everything up. I feel better when I lay on my cushy pillow. Right, right, right. Like I, I, well, right. And, and I, I like the form-fitting pillow I have myself. But you can't, you can't, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, where do you go from there? Like you right. just said, you're just going to walk on stilts, I guess. You can't keep building it up. I mean, he'll be, he'll be like those guys with the really, like the clowns with like the... The, the stilts, yeah. Stilts, I guess, yeah. Anyways, um, I did want to talk about real quick, unless you had you had any other barefoot no, stuff. No bare. I think um, we barefooted it out. We took the shoes off. <laughs> we oh. took the <laughs> shoes off. <laughs> uh, real brief, not to talk about too much. But we, I pulled up uh, when we were we were creating the show notes for the first twelve episodes, pulling up links and stuff. I found our graduation video. Crazy. And I sent it to Eric. Uh, I'm tempted to, um, once we have our website up, which it should be, um, soon we'll, we'll get that up. Um, we'll put, we'll put the graduation video up there. Um, but it really took me back and it also made me feel, uh, good because, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of grinding. We're, we're always pushing forward family, um, you know, new job, start our own business, stuff like that. We kind of, it's hard to feel like, you know, so, at least for me, like no, a, no, same. same like a I solid, would. like all right, cool, we did that. It feels great, uh, but it's a never-ending um, to-do list. Uh, yeah. And you know, you, sometimes you lose, you kind of forget of how far you've come because you're always looking ahead of you. I mean, we rarely, uh, we rarely look back and say, "Well, I did this." I mean, and, and, yeah. and it's it's almost pointless when you're trying to go to the next level, right? right. You really can't. I mean, it's imp- but the video did put and things in perspective similar to that said wow we've come so far remember those days you know we were in the trenches of graduate school and the truth is the trenches were pretty fun in retrospect a mm. lot of those times were fun and we, we were relatively clueless to what was to come <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> so true. we were yeah. in the holding chamber yeah we, we had no clue i mean i always used to tell people this in school and, and i talked to lee i was like i'm thinking of this as an investment a business investment, and it took a long time. Still, I'm working on it right now, but to to really to really profit from the school, the experience of school. I mean, obviously, we have careers. Um, I always tell Lee and others that you know we've we've uh, secured a lifetime kind of job right now, yeah. and it's not a job, but going into the career. And, and now sitting here talking. We're doing what we want, which is great. Yeah. Uh, but the video kind of definitely, it was good to see because as Lee said, you know, we day to day, you often don't get the carrot definitely. from you, your hard work. I, I, I definitely lost perspective just because I was having a little tough month with a couple things. Definitely the injury was one and I had some encounters with some people and that really kind of put me down a little bit. But um, after seeing that video, I was like, you know what? I feel so fortunate to be where I am right now and having the support that I did um, going through that and even now having the support that I have now. And and I'm able to do what I wanted to do back then, meaning like we have the base knowledge to begin to kind of guide people in the right directions for things and we have somewhat of uh you're being modest i think we have <laughs> we, we we have a we're gonna do more than just begin we do we do it on the day and we forget about this no we, we, for, do. we totally forget about he's being modest <laughs> but the truth is we do help people and we do. And, yeah. and we do have uh, 
highly specific skills to to get our point across and to help others. Yeah. I mean, it's not just getting our point. It's just the the best point. <laughs> Barefoot, <laughs> kettlebells. Take off your shoes. You better get those three things right. <laughs> I want to see you front roll. Before you could – I don't want to roll. No, but uh, oh, we, we – yeah, we, we, we've got the tools, man. Yeah. I mean, but, but being modest and humble and, and knowing that there's a sea of stuff still out there for us and um, – but we hope to be on the the cutting edge of the wave of what's to come, which I really think will probably be a whole pain science, neuroscience Definitely. breakthrough. I can't wait. I mean, I feel like I sent you that link the other day about um, the San Diego Pain Summit. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So as I'm I, – I, that's the only one that I know that's like a you know kind of worldwide. They get together uh, all the pain science leaders to – uh, present and all the most recent information. I feel like there'll be more of those things out there, which would be super cool. Does Noi so. do any of that? Noi does it probably in Australia. Yeah, so Noi, uh, they're going to be here in October. New York. LB's going to teach it. I um, should book it right now. Yeah, I, uh, and I think it, it might be a combo weekend. He might do one day, and I think somebody else might do another day. I have to double-check. Um, so that'll be cool, but they're also getting bigger. I mean, they're they're definitely worldwide. They're getting more instructors, obviously. Um, if you don't know who Noi is, it's uh, David Butler. What does it stand um, for? Neuro oh. Orthopedic Institute. I'll Google that. <laughs> Give me a second. <laughs> if I we, know this. Look it up. Look up uh, noi dot com, and then maybe put a space and put David Butler, and that should come up. At least the name. Good stuff there. Really cool. Can't wait. Um, but yeah, well, more, more neuro orthopedic institute. There you go, neuro orthopedic institute. Growing, doing well. They are awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, I have random stuff to talk about. I don't know. We have. Do we have time? We, we got. We got random. We have random time. Random time. Uh, side of the cane. Uh, this drives me nuts. I had. I could think of like a handful of patients. They'll come in, they're walking in with a cane, and I've, maybe I've seen these patients who are just meeting for the first time, and their injury is on the same side of the cane. And so then I start to like, oh, hey, listen, you, it, you, you would want to use the opposite side of the, you know, where you put the cane. And they're like, oh, what? It's like, my doctor said I should do this. And I, and I was like, well. So then you're sitting there, and you have to do the quote, like, Go right. through the whole, like, reciprocal. Yeah. <laughs> and it usually doesn't get through. I think the most profound example of this, or whatever, <laughs> the, not the most profound, the most, uh, uh, I don't know, impactful I- experience was I was out with my girlfriend, and we were with family, and uh, there was a friend of a friend who owned the restaurant we were at, and we, we, met, we met this individual, and unfortunately, he, this individual got injured several months before, and he, it was a serious injury, and they were recovering, and they were in a cane, and large individual, uh, t- t- tall, sorry, tall, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm trying to, yeah. I'm trying to keep the yeah, HIPAA he, alive. Right, right, right. Um, <clears throat> are, they are HIPAA police outside of that door. Yeah, I think they're going to arrest us when we're done, but um, uh, this individual was doing same side. And so, um, leaning over, yeah, leaning over, you could see his back <laughs> shifting back and forth. So I, I introduced myself, and the friend of the uh, the original friend was like, "Oh, this is so and so. They're the physical ther- they're a physical therapist." And he was like, "Oh, cool, all right, very cool." And so he asked asked me a bunch of questions, and I got to know him a little bit, like name stuff like that, and talked to him about where he was. I was like, "Hey, listen, you know, you should probably change the 
the side of the the cane. And he, again, same wide-eyed look and was like, what are you talking about? He's like, my doctor told me to do this. He's like, I'm left-handed. I need, <laughs> and I was like, it doesn't really matter what hand, like dominant, you're just supposed to, you, you'll hurt your back. You know, you, you might injure your back, stuff like that. He didn't switch it back. Yeah, he didn't switch it or anything. He was like, "All right." He basically was like, "All right, little man. Right, like, right, right, thank like, you for your opinion. Yeah. Have a good dinner. Like, right, right. Bye bye. I'm, I'm just gonna waddle my way away. Yeah. I mean, well, what I should have done was I should have done like the uh, stood on top of the table, put my hands on my hips, and I should have screamed. I was like, "You're you have that on the wrong side." I have people. <laughs> I've had this experience before, and yeah. I think what I do is, "All right, could I just sh- show you?" Mm. Let's just go for a trial run. And I explain to you why they're using a cane to right. offload their limb. And it'll be more efficient if you contralaterally load and blah, right. blah, blah. And um usually works. But, you know, cane. <laughs> Do you have an experience? No, I, I, well, no, no. I've, I've, oh, I have. No, I shouldn't say that. Okay. Older individual. Couple, usually they're older individuals with knee or hip replacements previous that have multiple st- things. Ah, uh, um, yeah. I don't even want to go into this one, but um, <laughs> she, but I had a very similar response. Goes, okay. No, this is how I've been doing it. This for is how, years. and then this person is back. in for back pain. By the way, oh, yeah. there you go. So, so, uh, <laughs> so if anyone cites the show House, I think we're oh, gonna just good one. we'll roll our eyes. But the House is doing it wrong. Sorry to, sorry to, he is a doc. But, he's a, a show doctor. He's not a real doctor. And that that's. Good for drama. It makes him limp more. It makes him limp more. It makes him like go shift back and forth. It makes him crunch up his shoulders so he looks a little bit more infirm. So he's like, eh. That was a great eh. show, man. What if, I don't was... know what happened with him. He was he was very good for the show, like uh, that character. I mean, anyways. It's good stuff. So, guys, uh, <clears throat> use a cane. Use a cane. So that was the end of the show. Uh, grinds my gears. Burns my biscuits. Tans my height. I don't know what I, that. That was a funny one. Steams my clams and gets my goats. Well, I was going to ask you. I, I never knew what the hell that was about. <laughs> so I was. I wanted like because we usually rant, or at least I do. Like, right, right, I, right. I, I enjoy ranting. So like I was trying to find the a word. name for the section, and I didn't want to take uh, grinds my gears because you know why. You don't know why. No. Family Guy owns that. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, Fa- no. Family Guy has used that, and so I didn't want to take that from Peter Griffin, uh, The Grinds My Gears, so I was trying to find no, another no. name. Gets but, my goat. Eh, I don't know about that. Nah, because it's like... What, what's we could just say rant. It's fine. Yeah, rant, rant is fine. Yes. All so right, I man. Think that, that, I think that wraps it up. Right? Yeah, man. You want to close it out for Facebook Live and everything? Thank you for listening. Yeah, man. Stay tuned. More exciting guests, exciting topics. Thank you all. Thank you guys for downloading. Thank you for watching. We'll see you next time. Signing off. Signing off. Thank you for listening to A Few Good Physios. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. Follow us each week while we interview guests and have clinical commentary. 